0: went to Cost Plus World Market last night. I won. Oh, yeah. So, backstory, we went to breakfast. Oh, backstory, which is that my wife got her green card. Unfortunately, by the time this airs, that will be old news, but they can be as excited as we are today. Yeah. (laughs) It was very exciting. We were very nervous for our interview. It's nothing like how they show it on the proposal, but yes. So, this was yesterday, and they were very excited, and then they were grabbing breakfast near me, and I also live near a Cost Plus World Market, which if you aren't unfamiliar with, it's like a store that sells furniture, soaps, candy and food from around the world, wine, like all sorts of things. It's fun to browse. And Alex was like, oh, we should go to Cost for Market. And I was like, oh, do you need something? And she was like, no. I just like to look at it. She just wants to look at things that... And her wife was like, no, we don't need to be spending money. And I was adding you know on things that you're not going to eat yeah yeah because they are semi on a diet yes but then later that night i managed to talk her into it we went to Cosplus world market under the guise of getting gifts for others we only bought gifts for others in fact (laughs) and it was fun but towards the end alex was like i'm done like we must leave because i will spend another hour here and lose myself in these soaps so we spend a good long time at Cosplus world market buying things Yum. But we bought no... I was sad because I was like, I have no treats, but it's all right, I guess. You know what was a treat? What? Almost a year ago is to all the boys I've loved before. Good transition. (laughs) Thank you. By the time this episode airs, it will be over a year ago. Yeah. I had to go back in my text to be like, when did I watch it? And I realized I watched it last August when I had my broken leg. Oh. Ah, what a time. I didn't realize it was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. It's been quite a while. So welcome to rom Comathon. i am Alex. And I'm Kat. And today we're going to be talking about To All the Boys I've Loved Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before is based off the novel of the same name. Yep. They're slightly different, but both very charming. I, while I was watching this movie, because I've since read the book, I remembered some things that happened in the book, but then didn't happen in the film. And I would be like, wait, when is this happening? But it didn't happen. They were like really minor little things. Yes, same. Overall, but I would be like, oh, this, they didn't film that. It was just in my head. Yes, it's like slightly confusing because both you and I, I think saw the movie first, yeah. then immediately read the book. As did, I think, hordes of people. but Like, yes. the next day. But yeah. I think a lot of people had read it before. And I think you and I are both people who might have read it before. Yeah. But we did not. Yeah. I think if it hadn't been such like a... YA romance sort of situation and I wasn't so burned out on YA romances. Maybe. I had like seen it in bookstores and I think I literally had it on a list and yeah. then I was like well I guess I'm never gonna read this book so I might as well watch the movie and then the second I finished the movie I was like I must read the book but there are like a couple of plot points that are slightly different. I don't remember major plot points. I think it's just like really minor things that I recall. Oh, but maybe. Yeah, there are a couple and I also think their vibe is slightly different, but literally I just while I was rewatching for the podcast, I have the book on my phone, so I kept like looking and be like, "Wait, was was this?" Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I'll summarize the plot. Yes, please. Um, Lana Condor is your average vaguely wallflowery, highly romantic teenage girl. She's like maybe 16. She loves to read those bodice rippers. Yes. And fantasize about her sister Janelle Parrish's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> baby Rami Malek. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to call him that for the whole podcast. Oh She's my God. Prepared. That's exactly who he looks like. Yes. That, that is his face and we will not use his real name. So she has two sisters, Janelle Parrish, who's like two years older yeah. and going off to college. And Anna Cathcart, who's like maybe 11. And just to be clear, they're half Korean American, but they all look super different. Yes, which we will get back to. Yes. Anyway, everything's like peachy keen, except that Janelle Parrish is leaving, and she's sad. And also sad is baby Rami Malik, who Janelle Parrish like breaks up with at the dinner table. Basically, yeah, it's really awkward. But it's you're a little bit like, oh no, Lana Condor. Like Janelle Parrish is clearly your only friend. Yes, which means that it's probably not good to be lusting after her boyfriend. (laughs) Yes, true. Also, I don't, like, know why, basically. Yeah. But anyway, she also has this thing where she writes secret love letters that she never sends, yet inexplicably addresses. (laughs) (laughs) And one day, Anna Cathcart, (laughs) attempting to be helpful, mails them out, which leads to many mortifying shenanigans. We will come back to this... Being helpful part, (laughs) yes. I have some thoughts. So there's like five letters, and one of the recipients is Noah Centineo, a popular dude that she had a crush on in middle school. But now he's very popular and dating her ex best friend, who's also very popular. And he like comes up to her in gym, like so about this, and she realizes the letters have been sent and is immediately mortified and literally faints on the concrete. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So then she starts being like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. But the more horrifying thing is that now baby Rami Malik knows her true feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in order to basically, like, cover for this humiliation and also to make his ex-girlfriend jealous, she and Noah Centineo decide to fake date. Only, obviously, they, like, immediately catch real feelings and... It's delightful. Also, John Corbett plays Lana Condor's adorably inadequate OBGYN dad. Yes, the end. Well, I mean, I guess there's like the ending where she like actually gets together with. Yes, but yes. is that not implied? I, I this don't is know. a rom-com podcast. Okay, yeah. All Have right. you been paying attention? True, but like five hundred days of summer is technically a rom-com, and that piece of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> that was our five hundred days of summer podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um. So. Can look. we start by talking about their appearances, okay, yes, so first of all, let me say that I believe Lana Condor is full Asian. is she? I believe so. She's Vietnamese, right? like that's, something, yeah, yeah, and then the other two are actually half East Asian, half white. however, they happen to look super different. yeah, Janelle Parish looks like mildly hawaiian yeah i don't i don't know like as, i mean she's from hawaii i think yeah or something like that i mean like ambiguously ethnic i guess <laughs> but i remember i googled this like right after Cause I was like, what? But I think that she is Hawaiian in the sense that she's ethnically Chinese. Yeah, I think Janelle Parrish could honestly pass for anything from like Latina to Thai. Like, just like runs the gamut of like looking just beautiful and also ambiguously ethnic in some way. Yes, honestly, they're all beautiful little girls. Yeah, well, not little, but Janelle Parrish is like an adult. But you know what I mean. Yes. And they are all people who could feasibly play someone who is biracial because there's quite a range. Yes. Of appearance. But it's just weird that they theoretically are full siblings and all look so different. Like, I could buy that you have two biracial siblings who happen to look really different because that totally happens. Yeah. Three is remarkable. I mean, it does happen. We've seen it. Yes. However, they don't even like facial structure wise, like, share no similarity. They look nothing alike. They could, they are three strangers. <laughs> Um, while we're on the topic of their Asianness, something much more disturbing to me than their physical non-similarity is that at one point, Janelle Parrish comes into Lana Condor's room wearing shoes and then gets under the covers. Oh, no. I was like, what living human would do this, let alone half Asian people? Well, to be fair, they've been raised by their, like, white dad. But more importantly, what living human would get into someone's bed under the covers with their shoes on? You make a good point. I don't—I do not think white people do this either. This is a monstrous thing that I often see on TV and film, and I'm like, I don't—but, like, are you immediately going to strip the bed? Like, what's hard? I I, I think she was outside having a conversation. I know. Your face. <laughs> she the... tracked an outside shoe into her bed? Is she going to sleep in that bed? Is she just about to do laundry? <laughs> also worse, it's not her bed. It's Lana Condor's bed. I would be Livid. infuriated. <laughs> yes. I would have like screamed, kicked her out, and barred her from my room. Oh, you know what I did notice though? At one point, they're looking at a picture of the three of them with their mom. And in that picture, I was like, these children all look like they could be related. Oh. I don't know how they have grown up to be Janelle Parrish, Lana Condor and Anna Cathcart, but it's fine. <laughs> oh. Anyway, what did you want to say? <laughs> Oh, I was just thinking about the, not the opening scene where she's like fantasizing about the bodice ripper, but that dinner that they have where her father is like trying to make a Korean meal oh, for them. Muffin. And like that scene is in the book, right? Yes. I remember it being kind of longer in the book because Kitty is like, oh God, this is so salty or something like that. I can't yep. remember that situation. I was sort of expecting, so I, I had forgotten about it. And then when I was watching the scene, I expected that scene to be longer or to have more commentary on the bad Korean food that their father is making. And then I, yeah, anyway, this story is boring, but essentially I was like, oh, I'm clearly mixing up the book and the the film now. My thing was that I had forgotten that in the movie, because I've now read the book two or three times, I think. Oh, oh yeah, because you kept having to reread for the yes, sequel. Yes, exactly. Because I, I like read the first book like in a matter of hours. And then I was like, I'm going to read the second. And then I was like, maybe I should do something with my life. And then I put it down for like a year. Yeah. Um, And then I went back and had to reread to finish it. A problem I frequently have with books but the thing is that in the book Kitty Anna Cathcart is younger she's like maybe nine. Oh right and she does it out of spite yes whereas in the movie she's like 11 or so and she's like I just think Lana Condor's really lonely which is true yeah she's not wrong I did think it was so cute when they were hanging out and she was like I'm 11 and I canceled plans to hang out with you I love Kitty Kitty is my favorite character so cute I also love Kitty in the book. Many good gems featuring Kitty that I wish had made it into the film. She is wonderful. Um, I was generally touched by John Corbett. Yeah. And his whole existence. I love when Noah Centineo comes to the house. So basically they've drawn up a contract. And uh, in the contract, he's like, as my fake girlfriend, you must go with me to parties. And he shows up to make good on this. And she's like, I can't, I must make cupcakes. For Kitty's bake sale. <laughs> yes. And John Corbett is like, no, live it up, paint the town. <laughs> yeah, like, go, have fun, go out. Yeah, he's like, everyone in this family seems kind of concerned about a lot of Condor's like loneliness. So Kitty's concern is not out of place. Yes. um, I truly, this whole movie is delightful and I love every bit of it except baby Rami Malek. <laughs> baby Rami Malek, Josh, in the book is like a guy that you can understand that she might like. <laughs> and in the film is not I literally wrote is baby Rami Malek parentheses spelling question mark really annoying or just a bad actor or what he is really annoying I think we should not blame the actor and he's just really annoying to be fair I think the actor likes some white supremacy stuff on Twitter a oh no let's blame him then (laughs) okay I know nothing about him. To me, he's just baby Robbie Malek. Yes, I think I heard something about it. It was it was like ages ago when the That's movie first came out. Not cute. No, not cute. So oh, there goes the lights. Darkness. Um yeah. So the background actually with Baby Robbie Malek is that he grew up next door to Lana Condor and Janelle Parish. And they were friends. They were all friends when they were kids. And then in high school, he starts going out with Janelle Parish. And Lana Condor has been, like, nursing this, like, secret crush. Yes, she's like, I missed my moment. Yeah. And then when she, like, sends him the letter and he gets it, he's actually like, oh, I could be with this other sister the whole time. And I was like, this is a bad look. (laughs) I mean, I sort of understand because I think that, like, they may have both kind of liked each other, like, Early, like when they were littler, yeah. But it's just it gets weird. But the thing that doesn't really annoy me, the thing that really annoys me about him is that he's then like on a whole thing, being like Noah Centineo is like such a player of lacrosse and also women, and you, you're so innocent, Lara just, Jean. Uh, uh, Kill yourself. <laughs> I know. Not actually. I didn't mean it, but I did a little. I yeah. I truly hated that situation where he was like, "You're so pure and good," and I was like, "What do you know?" what do you know about her you are the worst <laughs> go back in the house next door and stay there I did enjoy though one of my favorite things was that he called uh oh no 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 it was Noah Centineo it was, it's Peter who calls him a Bonnie Iver wannabe <laughs> the one thing I did enjoy that baby Rami Malik said though about Noah Centineo is he says but then again he's a jock and they're slow learners <laughs> oh but okay Peter is so cute though I actually have a note here that says he is dot 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 very suave I am not immune (laughs) really yes oh my god he's adorable he is adorable I love also that right after this came out you like basically couldn't open Netflix without it being like a new Noah Centineo movie yeah he's like really cornering the market on teen rom-coms and like I don't know, just being like a great heartthrob situation. I just love when they go to that party and he's like, wait, we must prepare for our ruse by like taking pictures of each other and putting them in our phones. And I was like, oh, he knows how to do this. I know, but- what really charmed me at that party was that he brings her a beer and then she accidentally drinks out of his cup and is like oh what is this is this this beer and she's like no this is kombucha i'm driving (laughs) muffin as it should be i know and i'm like precious precious boy you're just like i want to squeeze you (laughs) so cute i just remembered that after the movie first came out there were so many memes that had like peter in a wedding veil (laughs) What? Yeah, because just like, and re-watching this was really apparent to me. It is very soon into their fake relationship that he is like offended that she is pointing out that it is a fake relationship. Yes, he's really into her kind of from the beginning. Like immediately. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like in the movie, this is actually maybe slightly weird because in the book, you later discover there's like a lot of backstory. There, there's some backstory anyway. But I was like, it is very cute that he is upset, but also like, You've been fake dating for like a day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he kind of gets into her like during the contract and like, you know, the first yes. diner scene and things like that. He kind of I discovers that she's pretty that delightful. I that then they go on the ski trip and she doesn't sit next to him on the bus and he's so offended. He's so <laughs> mad. He's like, I went to the Korean grocery store and got the <laughs> snacks he wanted. You're like, oh, baby. And she's like, the Korean grocery store is across town. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jerk. I love it. I love it. I thought they did a pretty good job with the passage of time and like her narration being like, and then this month and this month. Yeah. Although everything, upon rewatch, everything happened much faster than I had thought in my head. But I think it's also because a couple of months. Yeah. But I think it was just like pretty soon it was just, it was like, oh, it's November. You know, like I had kind of forgotten how it got pieced together. In my head, I think I always thought the ski trip was like in the spring. But it makes Um, sense in December. But but I know that it is in the... I guess what I'm really saying is I know because in the book, then it's New Year's. Oh, so I think we should some background, which is that the ski trip is like this major moment in the movie where they all go on the ski trip and they go away and she doesn't want to go. And he's like, well, you promised to go with me because no girlfriend would let their boyfriend go on this hookup trip essentially without them. So she goes and like, she doesn't sit with them on bus. He's kind of like mad at her and they're like, a little bit on the outs, but they end up actually like for real kissing in the hot tub. However, someone films it And puts it up on Instagram and all this stuff but it's basically when they like reveal their feelings for each other I would like to raise a concern about their kissing in the hot tub yes that subsequently we see her like under the covers and I'm like did she go to bed in her wet nightgown I was unsure but surely I like like went back to the previous frame to be like this is the same article of clothing oh no I'm just saying she's gonna catch a cold this, along with the shoe thing, I was like, was there no one looking out for... Th-? I don't know. I feel like this podcast is very much hashtag moms. Like, <laughs> you'll catch your dad. <laughs> Change out of those wet clothes. Um, maybe she doesn't care because maybe she's already gotten in there with her shoes on. It's yeah, true. Key <laughs> events. Um, I would like to bring up another concern about the ski trip. Where are the adults? Indeed, Lana Condor is like, where are the chaperones? And indeed, where are the chaperones? I would truly like to know, because who would send a bunch of 16-year-olds out into the mountains, the beautiful mountains, to go skiing without any adults? Why is this such a free-for-all, like, orgy situation? I'm also curious where they're skiing, because the movie takes place in Oregon, but the book takes place in, like, Virginia oh yeah, yeah yeah but I remember when I initially watched and I forgot to pay attention this time but when I initially watched I was like it's Oregon but it doesn't seem to be cold when they get together properly at that very end on the lacrosse field oh you're right it looks like spring you make a good point point. and I was like is that doesn't seem right for Oregon like maybe not super snowy but like yeah like wasn't it Christmas just a hot second ago <laughs> yes it, it's like a beautiful spring day yeah <laughs> no you bring up a good concern that seems very strange very green grass yeah also he's playing lacrosse but well i guess it is spring it's the spring semester yeah but like the grass shouldn't be that green no he, it should, should he not. be in shorts like outside it should be like, dead oh, like, and across. recovering from winter time. yeah it seems very weird um more nitpicks <laughs> So, I always loved that there's that picture that she has in her phone of her and Noah Centineo sleeping. My favorite. Yes, and the backstory to that is that it's a real picture of them from filming, the actors. However, in the fictional world, who took that picture? I did wonder, because they're keeping it a secret... Yes. So it's hardly as Well, if, no, their dating isn't a secret. Oh, their dating isn't a secret. Well, maybe then it's like one of his friends. But like, why? It's weird, right? It, it is a little weird. It's like a thing that a parent might do. Maybe his mom. Maybe. Seems, still seems a little weird, but just putting it out there, readers or listeners, feel free to write in. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? No, you bring up a really good point. Every time I see it, though, I think my brain gets like hijacked by the fact that it's so cute. It's so cute. That I totally forget you know what concerned me what so do you remember in the book does she faint i have no recollection okay so that scene though where she where they're like on the track and um she faints i literally watching her fall i was like did she hit her head though because like that seems like a bigger concern than the letters yeah no. (laughs) um also because her mom in the book we don't know this in the movie but she died because she hit her head Oh. And I feel that this is a bit of an oversight. Um what well, yeah, how did her mom die in the book? I she can't. like she literally like slipped and fell and like seemed fine and then like lay down and never woke up. Oh, okay. That's great. That's isn't that's, it so horrible. That's cheery. That's well, that just like just rocketed up to my biggest fear. Thanks. <laughs> oh great. I'm sorry. That's cool. That's cool. Earthquakes are happening. That's fine. Yeah. My precious, anxious baby. <laughs> um. <laughs> That is now number 1 fear. Cool. <laughs> let's just move on, shall we? Yeah, let's let's move on. please. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Peter's ex-girlfriend Jen. So Jen is largely Lana Condor's like her ex-best friend mm-hmm. who is now very popular mm-hmm. who has broken up with Noah Centineo to date like older guys essentially. Sure. And there's a whole thread through this film where Jen and Peter keep talking to each other. And we never found out why in the movie, but we actually do find out why in the book. But I can't remember if it's book one or book two. It's book two. Oh, okay. I think. Um, however, how did the movie just gloss this over? <laughs> well, in the movie, what happens is he's like talking to her a bunch and he basically says on the ski trip, I went to her room to tell her it was really over between us. Yeah. Um, Because originally he's like kind of trying to get her back, slash make her jealous. And Lana Condor's like theoretically okay with this because they're only fake dating like basically for this purpose. Yeah. I think that's how the movie does away with it. That they're just like, oh, well, it's really over between them now. But then the like hot tub video becomes the plot point. Yeah. I think they just get rid of it basically. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I believe in the book, it's that her parents are like or her like her Her dad's having an affair yeah it like like goes on well into the second book that Lara Jean continues to feel insecure yes kind of understandably insecure about his ongoing relationship with Genevieve yeah who is in this movie a bad person (laughs) although I do remember that when you first watched you and I both really enjoyed it wasn't tongueless to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is basically that she still holds a grudge that Lana Condor kissed Noah Centineo when they were like in like 6th grade or whatever If the game of Spin the Bottle which is insane to adults but I guess when you're like 17 or 16 like maybe yes well you even know. Lana Condor is like you psycho yeah <laughs> She was like, in seventh grade? Are you serious? But it's true that they were best friends and she knew yeah. that she liked but him. it was spin the bottle. I, I agree. A- I feel like it was spin the bottle. But I was, I'm on Lara Jean side on this, right? Like, I think it was a legitimate kiss because you were playing a game. It doesn't matter. Yes. But, you know, spin the bottle really, like, holds a place of importance at that age in a way that... I feel that I have fully forgotten now. Yeah, but if you're playing spin the bottle, I feel like you yes, can't be- Yes, it's true that, yeah. like, the rules are, you know. What was she supposed to say in that moment? I'm sorry, Jen was really into you, so I can't kiss you. Yes, I feel like that would also be a betrayal yep. in sixth or seventh grade or whenever it happened. I feel like there was no good situation for her to be in. Jen is the worst, though. She spreads that <laughs> Instagram video of the two of them making out in the hot tub and then says, like, they've had sex. Like, it's it's not nice. And then I wrote, like, oh, God, what a drag to be a teen in 2018. I know. Like, thank uh, God all the stupid stuff I did is not documented. I know, right? Um, I think we've actually basically covered most of our favorite lines. Yes. This honestly, it was weird rewatching because I remembered loving it so much. And I was like, oh, like in terms of hilarious lines, it's kind of only okay. Like, it's very cute, but it's not especially it's not like super funny dialogue wise. Yeah. One of my favorite things, though, was the car scene when John Corbett is dropping her off for the ski trip. And he's like, (laughs) as an OBGYN, he's like, I want you to be safe, pulling out some protection. She's like, I just want to die. Yes. And he's like, we need to talk about your sexual health. (laughs) And he's like, have fun. And she's like, yes. Well, I have a lot of rubbers for that, specifically. (laughs) So I think that was my best line. I also love um, the first scene where there's a whole thread where uh, Lara Jean is really scared of driving and is very bad at it. And she... Uh starts off by driving Kitty to school. This was very relatable teenage content. Yes. And Kitty is like, God, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then the two of them are going to, like, leave school on the first day. And she, like, nearly runs over, Noah's said today, in the parking lot. And then they just, like, sit in the car. And she's like, we're waiting for all the cars to leave. <laughs> and I was like, I remember this life. Yeah. There were good, some good Kitty lines where, like, Peter, like, compliments her. And then Kitty's at first that, like, you can call me Catherine. And then she's like, oh, you can call me Kitty. <laughs> I love their relationship in both the book and the movie. Yeah, it's really charming. It's super cute. But let us go back and talk about Kitty sending those letters. Uh-huh. Do you not think an 11-year-old has some thought process to be like, perhaps I shouldn't send these secret letters? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I buy that she was being helpful. <laughs> no, I think she truly was being spiteful. But in the movie, I don't know if that makes sense. Did they get in a fight? No, I don't think so. But I just think, I was like, is she just being mischievous? Like, what? Like, yes. I, I can see her, like, peeves it up. Yeah, like, wanting a little to make bit. Wanting to make trouble. I loved that whole sister sequence, though, when we find, when Kitty admits that she sent those letters yes. and Lara Jean's about to murder her. It was very sisterly. But then Janelle Parrish, who is, like, home for this scene, sits them down and is having a conversation with them and is like, well, Kitty shouldn't have sent these letters. But Lara Jean, why did you address them? And I was like, I think this is not, like, blame is equal on both sides, okay? I think this is Kitty's fault. Well, she's not saying blame. I think she's just saying, like, maybe there was a part— I think she's just doubling down on Lara Jean's loneliness, which is valid. But also, I, too, would murder my sister. Yeah, I was like—and she's like, can we, like, forgive Kitty? And I was a little bit like— I cannot. I was like, I still feel like this was a huge invasion of privacy and really bad, though. I think this was still bad. We should maybe ask someone who actually has sisters. We should have asked Alexandra, but yeah, alas, or it's too late now, Alex. Yes, it's true. So but I was Alex's. thinking that Alexandra's sibling situation is closer. Yeah, that's true. One sister around the same age and one much younger. Yeah. Although I don't think Sophie would ever do that. Well, like I feel like a lot of people would <laughs> never do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless they were so mischievous, much like Kitty. Yes, who indeed. also loves money and food. But I will say that Kitty's personality is not as like sharp or apparent in general in the movie as it is in the book. Yeah, I would say- Her personality like, is so distinct in the book. Yeah, and it's amazing. She's amazing. I think in general, sorry for listeners who have never read the book, but in general, the family stuff is really well drawn in the book and a lot like more emotional. I I mean, like I said earlier, like I put off reading the book for years because I was burnt out on like these sort of YA romances, but this is a very good one. It's very good. Like everyone is fleshed out. The writing is good. The pacing is good. It feels like it's genuinely earned. Yes, I found it like to be super emotional, even outside of the romantic stuff. Yeah, which is also delightful. It's a it's a very good one. Um, totally off topic. This We're totally, totally a preview of rom comathon the book club. Yes, <laughs> coming to you maybe next year. Yeah. Um, I love the notes Peter sent her. Oh, muffin. The, the one good thing that Kitty did do that was crossing a lo- another line maybe. <laughs> that like part of the the whole thing in their contract is that Peter says he's gonna write these notes to her because uh, Jen always wanted him to write notes to her and he never wanted to and at this point I was already like maybe you're in a little too deep man but um, he writes her all these like really cute notes and Kitty saves all of them for for Lara Jean and shows them to her at the end and they're adorable they really are do you think Kitty just spends all her time at home snooping I think yes I think yes I think she's like a little Harriet the spy which I I enjoy yeah I would fully watch this sequel movie solely about Katie's life. I would watch that as well. Or like a spin-off show. Indeed. Um, People of color. Many. Obviously the girls. Yeah. Um, Lucas, the gay kid that she sent a letter to. Yep. I love, by the way, that everyone knows, both in the book and the movie, everyone's like, Lucas is gay, and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but he's he just loves fashion. He has a great ascot. He's an excellent dancer. <laughs> um and she's also but like later when peter's like you know he's gay right she's like yeah yeah please and then peter and jen both each have a black friend oh do they they do oh, okay well peter's main friend andrew bachelor who i can't remember what else we've seen him in but i definitely know that name and then jen has a friend as well at the party oh, okay and that's that what should we score it pretty high i think i give it like an eight or like yeah. a nine yeah even. i really like this movie Should we go with eight and a half? Eight and a half? I think that sounds great. Eight and a half inexplicably addressed letters. (laughs) Eight and a half kitties. Eight and a half why would you ever be in love with baby Rami (laughs) Malek? Eight and a half contracts. Eight and a half chaperone-less ski trips. (laughs) Eight and a half mortifying condom scenes. And with that... Thank you for listening to this episode of Romcomathon. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Uh, Those are in our credits, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Smith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Ramcomathon? You can read past reviews at ramcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Ramcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Ramcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Rom Comathon on iTunes. Thank you.